Hey, dream builders. Today I'm chatting with Camille Campens Adams, who is a book coach and spiritual entrepreneur. She holds her writers accountable to share the story that is begging to be told. She is on a mission to help you get your book out of your head and onto the page. And she's here with us today to share her story and message. Hey everyone, happy Wednesday. Welcome to the last live edition of the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. I am so excited to be here with you in person, live, in the flesh, and I had to go out big when it comes to the live podcast. Now, before you guys freak out, the podcast is is staying, right? We're still going to have the podcast. However, we're going to be doing it, um, we're going to be releasing it on Wednesdays um, as a broadcast, but we're actually going to be recording it um, privately. And so what's that, that is going to allow is for me to really get in deep with the guest and not have to worry so much about the audience. Um, and I think it's going to be really good, but like I said, I had to go out with a bang when it comes to the live aspect. And I brought the incredible, one of my very good friends, she is a book coach, um, and she has the most amazing energy and personality. So I'm so excited when I come back with the incredible Camille Campins Adams. You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Well, hey, hey, welcome back, everyone. I have Camille here. She is amazing. I got the pleasure of hanging out with her in Destin, Florida at the... um, retreat for the business that we're building together. And she's amazing. And I knew that I had to have her on the show. So without further ado, please help me welcome on the last live podcast, the incredible Camille. Welcome, Camille. Hi, Amelie. I'm so excited to be here. And I had no idea I was going to be your live, your last live. So I am so honored. Very honored. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so let's get right into it. So you are a book coach. I'm guessing that that probably isn't what you said. When I grow up, I want to be a book coach, right? Oh, no, not at all. Actually, I wanted to be a doctor. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about the trajectory, how you went from whatever it was that you thought you were going to study to building your dream business as a business, as a book coach. So Amy Lee, to be honest, I never in a million years thought I was going to be a book coach. When I was little, I really did want to be a doctor. And then I realized that I can't see like trauma. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this isn't, this definitely isn't for me. But I do remember, and I, and I have this, I actually have, a, I've written my memoir, I'm working on a memoir. Um, and I remember being really young before I could even read and holding the yearling in my hands, this book that was, you know, an older book with the yellowed pages and just holding this book and thinking one day I'm going to be able to read this. Like I just, I was so excited about holding this book in my hands. Um, And, and honestly, like, as I got older, I, I would, I was a pretty good writer. I didn't really recognize my own writing abilities. Uh, and, but I did have teachers always tell me that I was a phenomenal writer and I won writing competitions and poetry competitions. And these are things that like, I guess I took for granted. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I always underestimated my own 
my own gifts. And I think a lot of us have a tendency to do that. Um, and so, you know, as I got older, my, I followed my sister's path when I got out of high school because she was a successful businesswoman. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to go into business. I'm going to do what she does, which she was a realtor making really good money in Miami during 2000, like in 2005, right? When the market was crazy. I was like, I'm just going to get my real estate license and do what she does. But really I should have studied English looking back. Um, cause that's really what I loved. But so many of us think, well, we can't make money as writers. Like, Mm, you know, like realistically English, what am I going to do with that other than teach? And I never really saw myself as a teacher. And so I got my degree in business and, um, and then the real estate market crashed, the bubble crashed. And then I kind of bounced around and, and full disclosure, like I'm a manifesting generator. Um, I'm multi-passionate. I, I am also a two, four. So I'm one of those people that, you know, doesn't necessarily see my own gifts. Other people see my gifts. And then I have to kind of like grow into my gifts because of what other people are telling me. So that's kind of what happened in my life. Um, but anyway, long story short, after I was kind of bouncing around trying to figure out what I was going to do, I became a stay at home wife. I was traveling with my husband. I started a blog just for fun, you know, nothing completely attached to that. And it took off and people kept telling me what a great writer I was. And so eventually I just started, I leaned into writing. I started a company as a freelance writer. I decided I wanted to go back to grad school and get my master's in creative writing. So many people started reaching out to me, asking me for help with their books. And I was like, well, there's something here. Why don't I, why don't I look into this? And then the rest is history. That's amazing. And, you know, just hearing you tell that story, I, I can't help but ask, I don't think I've ever asked this on a podcast, but I, I know your background a little bit. And I want to know, you grew up with a very holistic parenting style, right? Like you've always known about the law of attraction. You've always known about possibility. Most of us don't have that, right? Like most of us kind of grew up with parents that are like, go get a good job, do all the things. So I would love for you to speak to a little bit about how you feel like that shaped your mindset because you had an upbringing that was a little bit more aware. Mm -hmm. So to be honest, okay, so my upbringing, my parents were Catholic, but we weren't practicing Catholics. And my mom has always been into like that whole, you know, met the metaphysical world. Mm -hmm. But you know, to, to be quite frank, when I was growing up, my mom was very tied and connected to the material world more than the fit than the spiritual world. She really came into that more when I was in college. And actually, right after I graduated high school, I started going to this little hole in the wall place by our house and doing meditations and Reiki and all the things that the natural, I was like always head to toe with natural stone jewelry. And that started right around when I was 17, 18. But, you know, I really wish I would have known then more about like human design because human design was really like a light bulb for me where I was able to accept, right? Isn't it incredible? Like my mom's a projector. So I think, I think that there's context there, right? Cause my mom is the one that's more of like the spiritual, like she, she went and studied to become a shaman and she's a shaman and she's a Reiki healer and all the things, but my mom's a projector. And so it's different than me in the sense that like, I've, I never felt understood. Um, my sister's a generator, my dad's an MG, but my dad, um, you know, 
78 years old. Like it's a different world growing up in his time than our time. And I think for me, like my sister would tell me and my mom would tell me that I was all over the place, that I couldn't, why can't you just pick one thing and stick with it? And then now I realize it's like, cause I'm an MG and I'm multi-passionate and that's okay. Like I'm not, I'm not made to just do one thing and that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wish my mom was at, as enlightened when I was younger as she is now, because I do think it would have shaped me even more mm-hmm. and I would have felt more accepted and seen. And I think I struggled with being seen. And I think that that's a common thing for MGs. It's interesting too, that you're a two, four. Cause like my husband's a two, four, my best friend is a two, four. Like I, I, there are very finite amount of people that I'm really close with. And all of those people are either a six, two or a two, four. Like oh my, gosh, my husband is a six, two and my daughter's a six, two. That's so yeah. funny. Like Chrissy is a six, two. Gabby's a six, two. It's, it's crazy. I wonder what Michelle is. We need to find out. Yeah. She doesn't know enough about it, but I always bring it up because I'm pretty sure she's an MG. Maybe she's a generator. I don't know. I just want to know her numbers. I'm just curious. Cause it's yeah. like everyone I click with is in like this finite amount like of, of numbers. Okay. So enough about that. Um, so let's talk, let's get, dig into the book coach thing. Cause a lot of people are here for that information, right? So you help people write their books. What do you feel is the pain point, the bottleneck that keeps people from just writing a book? Like, why do they, like, why do they need you? So I think a lot of people know that they have a story to share. They have something in their heart. They have a desire to write, but for some reason we really, really overcomplicate it. Um, we start questioning and doubting and we get in our own heads and we don't just do the work. And so I find like with, with a lot of my clients, we work a lot through clarity and helping get them clear on what that book idea is. And you might have multiple book ideas, but you're going to have to settle on one, right? So what's the one that you're going to write now? And then it's about creating healthy habits, um, really prioritizing your writing. And I will say like, I, when I first got called to this, so I went to grad school, um, obviously, in, and I got a master's in creative writing. For me, I love the craft of just writing. Um, I'm helping a lot of people write their books, but I also feel that there is a an innate, um, intrinsic kind of uh, benefit to just writing itself and being able to write for the sake of writing, right? It's very healing. It can be very cathartic. Um, There's actually a book I'm reading right now that I recommend to everybody, and it's called The Power of Writing It Down. And it is all about how we are all writers, right? Like when you go, like this lady, the author will go, um, and I don't know her name off the top of my, my head. I'm so sorry. But like, she'll go to an event and she'll like ask, like, how many of you identify as a writer? Very few will raise their hands. Maybe a few might be like, maybe, like maybe five people and like a crowd of a lot, right? Hundreds. Um, But then she says, okay, well, how many of you write at least three texts, emails, or social media captions a day? And that's pretty much all of us, right? We're all writers. Writing is a part of being human. It's a part of communication. And so we should all be writing more and we should all really be identifying ourselves as writers. And so I think for me, a lot of the work I do is working with with authors to help them understand that they are creative, that they are writers. And um, (laughs) there's people that aren't understanding the MG. And I had a feeling that might happen. Um, But getting clear on their book idea and then doing a lot of the foundational work, right? 
completely understanding and breaking open who their ideal reader is, um, you know, what exactly is the point of the book? Why must they write this book? What's that burning desire inside of them that's telling them they have to write this book now? Um, and then getting the writing done, holding them accountable. I'm emotional support for writers because, you know, the writing process is a very emotional process. It's a very, it's actually very, very um, self cathartic. It's cathartic, right? And it helps with self-discovery. Um, Anne Lamont, one of my favorite quotes is, I write because I don't know what I think until I write. And I, I, I when, she, when I read that quote, I was like, oh my gosh, that is me. Like, and that is actually a lot of us, believe it or not. That, that's why the writing um, practice is something we should all be doing. We should all be journaling. We should all really be putting our words down on paper more than we are. I actually feel a lot healthier when I write. Like, I, I know that sounds kind of crazy to people out there, but when I do like long form posts in my group and I get to see that, like, I've shared a story or something from, you know, something that happened to me that I feel like can help them. I, th there's like a healing that goes on, you know, it's like, I feel like when you write something, you're almost creating another being. Like in a way you're creating something that has its own living, breathing story. I used to write a lot of like um, sci-fi young adult fiction and stuff like in high school. And those characters were like alive, you know, mm -hmm. like it was like you're, you're creating something when you write and when you, and, and another thing, and I know I'm totally going on a tangent, but I can't wait to hear what you think of this. So the more that I study quantum reality and quantum physics, the more I realize that we so our memories are actually not what really happened. Like our eyes <clears throat> do not have the capacity to connect to our brain in such a way that they can take in all the information. So a lot of what they remember, they make up based on what they know or like what's around, right? So a lot of our memory isn't accurate. And what we think happened didn't actually happen the way that we thought that it did. So one of the things that I've been doing a lot, especially in my manifestation practice, is doing called what's called revisioning, where at the end of the night, I rewrite the day the way I wanted it to go. And it's been really tremendous. And I bring all that up to say, when you're helping people write their memoirs, they're writing things the way that they remember them. They're not necessarily really writing what actually took place. And so in that, it's creating a whole other entity. It's like when you read, like, I love to read the Fifty Shades books. And when they came out with them from, from Christian's point of view, right? Like all of a sudden you saw the same story, but it was very different. It was a very different frame of reference. So by creating, helping someone create this chronicle of their past, they are in effect creating an entity that could then theoretically be created from another aspect of that same relationship, right? In a different entity. So it's just, it's a really powerful process that I think people are like, oh yeah, you know, I want to write a book, but like it's, it's memorializing a point of view and a moment that if you don't do that, you don't have the benefit of, of that experience. It's so crazy. I'm, you're like coaching me right now, right? Because I'm going to be honest. So when I was in grad school, I wrote my memoir. I haven't published it yet because you know what? I'm not that same person, right? Like we're always growing. We're always evolving. We're always changing. And I, at 34, can look back at what I wrote when I was 28, 29, 30, and wonder, is that the perspective? 
or like because it's almost like now you ha- you're opening that scope up and you're kind of move you, you have time and and this all kind of relates to the quantum physics too where it's like there's multiple realities happening at the same time you know and and my perspective that's why it's 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 really challenging with memoir because a lot of people get caught up in oh people are going to call me out on this and they're going to tell me that that's not what happened and and this and that and the other but when you're writing memoir it is just your your truth your perspective it's not everybody else's because you can't capture everybody else's perspective all you can capture is your own right and even yours might change in a couple years but you do the best you can and you try to honor the relationships that were a part of it i mean memoir is very it's it's the hardest genre to coach it's the hardest to write um because there is there is that aspect to it right that you mm-hmm. have to take into consideration um business is a lot easier because it's like okay this is my framework usually you're writing a framework or using your framework and and creating a book out of it um and that's much more cut and dry memoir is the one that honestly a lot of memoirs come into book coaching and they don't they don't necessarily ever publish. Sometimes you write it to share it with your family, to leave a legacy, um, to just have it and to kind of go through a self-discovery and healing process in that journey. And um, and that's just as, um, you know, beneficial. And I think that the coaching, I know like um, with the book that I was recommending, The Power of Writing It Down, she talks about how she's coached very successful business people who want to sit down and write a book. And then they go through this incredible self-discovery and they decide they're closing their business. They're shifting. They're kind of, they're going to do something completely different. And they're like, I would have paid you for that all over again, because it, it was a process of self-discovery. Um, and so the outcome, not really being tied to that outcome of having to have a book, um, allows you to kind of step away and enjoy the process and the journey of writing and not just be so hyper-focused on what that outcome is and what's in it for me, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. And understanding that the, the catharsis or the discovery or the epiphanies that you'll have from writing are the reward in and of itself, regardless mm-hmm. of whether or not your book gets published. And now we even have, you know, you can publish yourself. Like you don't even need to go have the laundry list of, of rejections or whatever. Like we, we saw in all those, you know, movies where there's like a writer and they have like the basket full of rejections. Like, yes, there are absolutely still publishers. I mean, I, you know, did my book with a publisher, but you can, you also are no longer burdened by this idea that you have to get someone's permission to put your message out there. You don't. No. And that's another thing like to, to kind of clarify, because not everybody understands the paths of publishing. Um, there are multiple paths to publish publishing. And before you used to have to go through the process of either having an, an entire manuscript already written or, um, or having a proposal. In many cases, you have to have the proposal anyway. And basically a proposal is like a whole marketing plan for your book, right? You have to identify and understand the marketplace, where your book's gonna, gonna sit on a shelf, um, who the reader is, what your, your author platform, like how many followers, how big is your email list? These are all things that, that agents are looking for. And then you basically have to shop your book idea around to agents cross your fingers and hope that someone says, Hey, this is a really cool book idea. I want to represent you as an agent. And then that agent is effectively a broker trying to sell your book to a publishing house. 
And that was what for a long time was the only way to really get published. Um, now, traditional publishing uh, is kind of I don't want to say it's a dying industry. It's not. Um, but actually, the um, the recent administration just had to shut down a merger because there's only like the big five. There's like five big publishing houses and two of them were going to merge. And it's like they're becoming a monopoly, right? Where like there's only so many big publishers. But now you can effectively publish your own book on Amazon. Ever since Amazon came out on the market, like it's putting it's putting the power back into the writer's hands. Mm -hmm. Now, the only downside to self-publishing that way is that it's almost like YouTube, right? Like, and I'm getting, a, <laughs> I've been, I've been, I just launched a program and I'm working really, really closely with a publishing consultant. And so it's so funny because I'm picking up so much of what she's saying too, when she talks about like, she compares um, self-publishing kind of to YouTube, right? Like anybody can go out and put a video up on YouTube and publish, but you're going to have phenomenal videos and you're going to have not great videos, right? So the self-publishing, there's bit, it's a little bit taboo sometimes and there's some stigma around it because anybody can publish, but not necessarily put out a good book. Mm -hmm. So um, there's another, there's another avenue, which would be kind of like, um, going the indie route or going through a smaller publishing house where you, instead of getting an advance to write your book, you pay the publisher to go ahead and put the book out there, but they would do a really good job with it. Make sure that it's a quality product. Um, so that's kind of like the middle ground. And I'm not saying you can't self-publish. You can self-publish yourself. You just want to be careful that, um, you're you're paying attention to quality of the mm -hmm. there are so many books on kindle unlimited that i'm like i wish i had a red pen because yes. it's like this this sentence doesn't even make sense yeah, exactly and that's that's i think the downside and why some people are like mm, self-publishing like sometimes you lose a little bit of credibility with self-publishing because of those books and it's unfortunate mm -hmm. but you can still self-publish i would just say like you're gonna have to invest more money and getting it done right making sure you have multiple rounds of edits making sure you have a really good formatter because the formatting is huge. I mean, I literally, I, right? it, you, I mean, there's some books that just once they, and, and you have to format it for Kindle or the mm -hmm. e-reader, you have to format it for paperback. I mean, there's multiple ways. And mul and there are people that are trained in that, that do that all day long, that listen to their pod, you know, listen to their podcasts or listen to their playlists. And they're just, they, they do that. So, mm -hmm. you know, yes, you'll save money in doing it yourself, but you might do it tiny bit wrong. I remember in college, you know, I had a screenwriting minor and like we spent weeks just learning how to format a stupid thing, like where to put the title and when it was an interior and an exterior. And we had like all these things and we would get marked off just for the, the way that our screenplays looked. Mm -hmm. And it was like ridiculous. And I'm like, I want to write. I don't want to be a tech, you know? So it's like, now you can just go, Oh, here's everything. And they'll turn it into a screenplay for you. And that's just a better use of your time, I feel like. So um, on that note, because we are getting short on time, you have an awesome freebie that you've got for these guys to get them started writing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So I put together uh, Your Writer Start Writing, and it is free on my site. I normally sell it for $27, but I've just turned it into something completely free for everyone because I want 
I want you to actually start writing. <laughs> like so many of us are in our heads about it and we don't just set the time aside to do it. And so it comes with a really amazing workbook. It helps you identify what you're going to write, where you're going to write, write like your environment so that you, your environment actually helps you be creative and you feel good in your environment, how to establish healthy habits around your writing, how to find time to actually write because if you don't make the time, it's not, you're not just going to miraculously come up with it. Like you have to actually schedule it. And I have um, some prompts and, um, you know, time blocking little charts that kind of help you time block also um, just to give you a, a, a better framework for how to get started. I love that. And then if people, um, you have a program that's starting soon, right? Like a, a group program, I believe. Yeah, well, I actually launched, so I was going to do it as a cohort, but I, what I did is I, I, I listened to the people who were interested and I shifted it and I'm, it, it is now a membership. Okay. Um, and so I have a membership that people can kind of come into on a rolling basis and we start, we have multiple phases. We start with the mindset and then you go into activating your whole book idea, which is what I do with my one-on-one -on -one clients, getting really clear on the foundational work. We move into the writing and then, um, and then we'll touch on the editing and how to publish your book and how to launch your book and grow your author platform. It's basically like the whole shebang. But we're moving like this is the first time I've launched it. So it's kind of growing um, as, you know, with me right now. And then people can come in and then kind of fall into wherever, whatever category they need. I love that. I think it's going to be so stinking successful. I, I've seen some of the things that you've written and, you know, the people that you hang out with, myself included. So yeah. I know that it's going to be amazing. If you guys are interested in getting more information about Camille's program, you can go to her website, which is here on the screen. And if you guys have any questions for Camille, you can certainly ask them. She is a member of Dream Building Entrepreneurs. We will make a special thread, um, or she will rather, and then you guys can ask her whatever questions you have specifically, um, and she can get with you guys in the DMs. So... Thank you so much for being here, Camille. This has been amazing. You know, I always love catching up with you, especially when it comes to business, because that's like our jam. Um, and I wish you the best of luck with everything you're doing. I am so psyched for these guys that are watching live on the last one and, um, and also on the replay to reach out to you and get to know more about you and what you do. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Amy Lee. Absolutely. So that'll do it for the last live episode of the Dream Design Podcast. We will be coming to you live, uh, not live, we'll be coming to you on um, recording and the, um, the weekly episode will still be broadcast into the group at 1230 on Wednesdays as normal. It just won't be live anymore. And that's totally okay. Um, you never know. Sometimes I'll pop in and comment on the podcast, even though I was there. So it'll be like double Amy Lee, like Amy Lee from all angles. So I'm really excited for this new direction that we're taking in the second season. If you're interested in being on the podcast, feel free to shoot me a DM comment below. Always love to have new awesome guests, but until next time, may you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe and may you be at peace. Namaste. Thank you.